0: Welcome to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies with Larry Linton podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, this podcast will be about exactly what the title implies. We will discuss the state of liberty in our republic today, and how it is being eroded by the very institution that was created by our founding fathers to protect it, which is the government that now hates us. We'll also discuss the many different types and styles of leadership that exist today, But more frequently, we'll talk about how our republic is best served by true servant leadership in elected office. On the topic of lies, we will discuss the many pervasive lies that are told in society today, and not only by our government, but their willing partners in the news media, social media, and tech sectors. These lies, they're designed to rob us of our liberty and destroy our trust in and reliance on the founding principles of our nation and its Constitution. I will also use a portion of each episode to discuss my election campaign to represent Tennessee's House of Representatives, District 12. And what I hope to accomplish with my campaign is just basically a couple of things. I wanna bring to Nashville an example of what following an oath to the Constitution looks like. And this is based upon my 30 years of service to our nation in the United States Navy. Additionally, once I am in Nashville, I would like to restore the state's role as the creator of, and the parent to, the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that our federal government is not a party to our Constitution, but it is a product of the Constitution. And this Constitution is a charter between all of the states that empowers the federal government with certain and extremely limited powers such as providing for the common defense and to regulate trade. We can also discuss any tactics or techniques the listeners may have in the fight to restore our nation's founding principles when engaging with what has apparently become the people's enemy over the course of generations now, and that is the government that, one, hates us, and two, only sees us as the means to obtain and maintain power. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at com. You can also subscribe to my blog there at the website. Additionally, even at the website, you can contribute to my campaign. You can find the podcast and the campaign on social media. Just search for Larry for TN12 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the campaign info, and Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn for the podcast social media pages. I'm also on Telegram as Liberty Leadership and Lies. I will be recording the show either from the Goat Locker studio in Sevierville, Tennessee or on remote locations where my consulting business or election campaign takes me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in this week's episode, we will again discuss some of the lies our elected officials, those usurpers of liberty, the lies they tell us their constituents in their pursuit of power and control. And it all proves my point that our government hates us. Not just here in Tennessee, but all across the Fruited Plains. Yes, even the lies of those loathsomely outrageous communist sympathizers that you see all over social media. You know the ones. The people that the now banned or suspended from Twitter libs of TikTok account whose social media crime is letting those lunatics expose themselves on social media. The anonymous account that just films these crazy people speaking and shares the video clips on social media. So, for the unspeakable crime of letting apparently mentally ill people speak in their own words and sharing those videos, the social media overlords have determined that that is hateful behavior and they shut down the libs of TikTok account. And a journalist has even doxed the anonymous owner. Isn't that just lovely? So, just give a listen to some of the videos that the libs of TikTok have shared. And these are the communists and their sympathizers, what they say about themselves and what they truly believe. I want to talk to the kids. Sometimes human beings are more than boy or girl. Sometimes we're something else. Sometimes we're both. Sometimes um, we kind of float in between. Mostly I feel feminine or non-binary. Today I'm feeling really femme and cat-like as well. I didn't have to hide or lie or be embarrassed about a natural function my body does. So all that to say, I am on my period. You heard me. Having a period for the first time in six years and not just any period the period from hell I identify as a threat a nightmare and a goddess so please bow down to me I do not believe in God I don't worship the devil but yes I am a Satanist which means I am my own God and I worship myself you can just smell the insanity coming off those people can't you the audio sound bite is bad enough but let me tell you just watching the video that accompanies it is even worse The mental illness patient that was talking about having a period, the person saying that has a beard. It is biologically impossible for a male to menstruate, to have a period. So what you and I just heard and what I saw, that was a bearded woman. You know, there used to be a time where sanity was very prevalent in our republic, but now, not so much. We used to treat people with mental disorders Much like we heard from the people in that soundbite they're clearly suffering from, we used to treat that with psychotherapy or medication and maybe even institutionalization. But now, now we are being forced in some places around the country with the force of law to pretend and accept the lie that these people are living. We're being forced to pretend along with them in their mental illness. That brings to mind a little snippet from the Avengers movie that describes crazy. And it's quite appropriate that the line is read by one of those mentally ill actors that believe that government is the solution to all problems. Give this soundbite a listen. That guy's brain is a bag full of cats. You could smell crazy on him. That movie line always pops into my head when I see these people in public. Hopefully it'll stick in your head as well. Bearded ladies talking about their period. Completely covered tattoo lady with multiple facial piercings Calling herself a Satanist and that we should all bow down and worship her. Or people dressed up and wearing makeup to look like a cat. Or the first one, claiming people can change their gender on a whim. And apparently they're species if you listen to the cat lady. Just a couple of decades ago, you would used to have to pay money to see all of that at a carnival. Now, well now, it is being force fed to us by the mainstream media and government. It is the normalization of deviancy. We talked about that in episode nine last year. But dear audience, but dear audience, why are we being forced to accept the lie that these people are living and not treating their mental illness properly? Not just being forced to accept the lie, but participate in their madness and pretending along with them. Passing legislation or creating special legal protections for people that are pretending they are something they physically and biologically cannot be. That's another one of those pesky why questions. The why we are being forced to do this is that it serves the government's purpose into keeping the people divided. Keeping the people's focused on issues like this instead of the multi-generational theft of our liberties that enables the usurpers to stay in power. When it comes right down to it though, our government hates them as well, but they serve a purpose. Their purpose is that they are governments, the usurpers, Useful idiots. A useful idiot is defined as a person who is easy to persuade to do, say, or believe things that help a particular group or another person politically. These useful idiots that we see so much of today because we no longer treat mental illness but promote it, these useful idiots are helping a particular group, the usurpers of liberty in our government. Even the mainstream news media are the usurpers' useful idiots. Yes, our government even hates the news media, but they are even more useful idiots because they reach a much broader and larger audience than the random bearded lady talking about her first period in six or seven years. A not-so-free press enables the usurpers in their march towards a pure democracy. Like I've always told everyone, if you listen to the communists long enough, they always reveal themselves. This includes listening to the useful idiots the news media personalities on cable television reveal their true thoughts and feelings while they are speaking, especially if they are talking about themselves and what they believe their purpose is. The next soundbite will be a truth behind the lies that our media tells us every day. Let me cue it up for you and then we can discuss it. Ready? Here it is. Who were Trump voters? and are still Trump supporters. They go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous you know edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts, and it could be that while unemployment and uh, the the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. and that yeah. is the that is if our you, job yeah did you catch the part I'm referring to? That soundbite comes to us from one of the cable news networks, MSNBC. That are supposed to be a free and independent press. In fact, MSNBC touts itself as breaking news and in-depth analysis of the headlines, as well as commentary and informed perspectives from the Rachel Maddow show, Morning Joe, and more. But did you catch the part where the co-host, Mika, reveals in her diatribe her true feelings about reporting what they call news? The discussion was about recent news that free speech absolutist Elon Musk attempt to purchase Twitter. But is it really news when the anchors reveal their personal opinions about newsworthy items? What they think the reason behind the purchase is? Another good axiom to remember is that whenever a communist or communist sympathizer is accusing a rational or conservative person of doing something, it is because they are doing it themselves. Go back and listen to what the hosts and panelists think is the reason behind Elon Musk's attempt to purchase Twitter. What they state are their fears of what Elon Musk could do, is exactly what the communists that control the legacy news media, big tech companies, and nearly every single social media platform is already doing. The topic, if it were to be properly addressed as a news-only item, would be this. Billionaire Elon Musk offers to purchase the social media platform Twitter and take it from a publicly traded company to a privately owned company. Based upon Mr. Musk's beliefs on what free speech actually is, there might be significant changes to how the platform operates going into the future with the billionaire at the helm. Nobody is actually aware of the changes Elon Musk can and would make to the platform, so this will be a wait and see situation if the bid is accepted and Mr. Musk gains control of the platform. That, right there, ladies and gentlemen, would be the complete story until something changes in regards to Elon Musk's offer to buy Twitter. Oh, and there are changes to the story right now to the actual news story of Elon Musk's bid to purchase Twitter. And it is shaping up to confirm what nearly every sentient being on this planet already knows. That the social media companies censor speech. But what I stated that should have been the story, that is not what we got out of that soundbite from Mika and Morning Joe, is it, though? The Morning Joe on MSNBC is branded this way. Quote, Your one-stop shop for all late-breaking news in our nation and all over the world. Unquote. What old Mika, Joe Scarborough's wife right there, offered was not late-breaking news. Mika offered up her true thoughts. Her true belief on what hers and the rest of the mainstream media's role in the world should be. Give it a listen. He could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is, the, that is our, you, job. Yeah. That is our you, job. That is if our if job. That is you, our job. That is if if our job. Why are commies like Joe Mika and a whole slew of other mainstream media personalities decrying Mr. Musk's purchase of Twitter? Always ask the why. Besides being a free speech absolutist, there are other reasons being banded about. Like exposing Twitter's algorithm that is used to censor what is mainly conservative accounts. Or exposing our government's, yes, the government that hates us, our government's collusion with the social media's platform and becoming a propaganda arm for the commies in power. But let's get beyond the theories and get into the real-world consequences of what could possibly happen were Elon Musk to transform Twitter into a true free speech platform. Data-driven consequences. Morning Joe boasts, if you can use that word, boast, a viewership of roughly a bit over 800,000 daily viewers of the program during the first quarter of this year. Meanwhile, Twitter has an estimated audience or number of users in the United States of America of over 75 million people. That is over 90 times the number of people that watch Morning Joe. Without suppression of opposing ideas and people actually able to see both or even all sides of a newsworthy item, the commies and their useful idiots are going to lose the ability to control the narrative that they have comfortably enjoyed for years now. It would mean that stories like the Hunter Biden laptop would go viral instead of being suppressed or labeled as misinformation. It would also mean that the Russian collusion narrative that hampered the presidency of Donald Trump would be aggressively investigated. And it would also mean that the effectiveness of the lockdowns and mask mandates during the COVID pandemic would be debunked much earlier than they were. In fact, there was an article that I read earlier this week in the National Review, which is a supposedly conservative publication, an article written by a Miss Brittany Bernstein that used the following phrase when writing about the Democrats, I mean the Communists, their efforts to thwart entering the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. Ms. Bernstein had this to say about the laptop, quote, Representative Matt Gates first moved to enter the laptop, which the younger Biden allegedly left with a Delaware repair shop during a March 29 hearing. Though the committee chairman, Representative Jerry Nadler, initially planned to object to the request, he allowed the laptop to be entered into the record. That right there is straight from the article. In the written version of the article, she specifically calls out the words which the younger Biden allegedly left with a Delaware repair shop. Allegedly? It has been proven that it is Hunter Biden's laptop. Other sources have produced not only the figurative, but the literal receipts for it. How any journalist can still use the word allegedly when discussing the Hunter Biden laptop is beyond me. Well, not really. True journalists are the modern-day version of unicorns, if you know what I mean. There are other leftists that are decrying this move by Elon Musk, too. One Miss Katie Harbath, believe it or not, she used to be a public policy director for Facebook, she is, or was, part of the social media cabal bent on silencing or suppressing the opinion of everybody that did not follow their narrative. Anyway, she has this to say about Mr. Musk's desire, quote, What Musk seemingly fails to recognize is that to truly have free speech today, you need moderation. Otherwise, just those who bully and harass will be left as they will drive others away. These communists really do not see the irony in their own words. Just what type of people are predominant on Twitter these days? Who on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and whatever is doing the bullying and harassing? The communists are with the help of their shock troops called fact-checkers. That's who's doing the bullying. Ladies and gentlemen, like it or not, the internet and social media have now become the new public square. That is where a lot of people get most of their news and information from in this era. Controlling access and content, which Miss Harboth refers to as moderation, only ensures the dominance of one narrative and the stories that support that narrative. Dominance achieved through the suppression of differing narratives. I took Miss Harbaugh's quote from the Washington Post article. Interestingly enough, the Washington Post is owned by another billionaire, Jeff Bezos. I don't see any vitriol from the communists about his ownership of a media platform that is available on the internet and in print, but I digress. Further in this Washington Post article, the writer, one Miss Elizabeth skin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but her last name is spelled D-W-O-S-K-I-N. Anyway, she included in her article this little snippet. Quote, Some free speech networks have been found by researchers to be havens for white supremacists and those who wish to do harm to society. Unquote. That right there is the data she relies upon in her counter free speech argument. The fact is this. You can find any platform out there that supports whatever your beliefs coincide with. White supremacists, spaghetti monster gods, furries, on and on. Yes, even the commies have their own little platforms that serve as their echo chambers where the cross-dressers and multiple pierced revolutionaries discuss their plans for world domination. Or where pedophiles are attempting to change the narrative around their behavior by trying to get the label of minor attracted person to stick. But these platforms do not have the reach that platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook do. The commies know this too. That is why they are becoming communistic, totalitarian speech utopias, no matter what Ms. Duskin says. I took the liberty of going down the rabbit hole of Ms. Duskin's Twitter page. I saw very few original tweets. However, I did see numerous retweets that absolutely highlight her political leanings. What the commies are doing are lying to the public about what Mr. Musk's takeover of Twitter would mean. Their lies are being spread because they fear their loss of control over the narrative on that platform, which will have a domino effect on other major social media platforms. Losing control over their narrative, which really isn't theirs though, they are just the useful idiots propagating the usurpers' messages. Because once our constitutional republic has been radically transformed into a pure democracy, will the lapdog media really get a seat at the table where the real power brokers are? Absolutely not. That is the lie they tell themselves, though. What happens to a democracy? President John Adams said it best when he said this, quote, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. That was said over 200 years ago and is still true today. A pure democracy always ends up in totalitarian rule. These usurpers of liberty in our nation's capital and our state's capital are quite comfortable using their useful idiots to further their goals. They hide their true intentions behind the activities of these useful idiots in our country to stir up division. They have to stay hidden, at least until a true democracy is created. Once their totalitarian rule then is solidified, their useful idiots will be tossed aside and they will be out in the open at the controls of every lever of society. Another great quote about this behavior comes to us from Patrick Henry. He said, and I quote, The liberties of a people never were nor ever will be secure when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them. The usurpers of our liberty in D.C. and our state's capital and their useful idiots lie to us and they lie to themselves. Further in that article comes this paragraph, quote, tech executives argue that Musk's ideals arose out of a time when the internet served a different purpose. When concerns about government repression and news organizations as gatekeepers for speech led to early social media pioneers, including Twitter's own founders, to believe that free expression was paramount above all other ideals. Why has the belief that free expression was paramount above all other ideals changed now? I know another why question, and you know the why. Control the narrative, control the outcome. That is why. The lies and lack of transparency from the useful idiots that control social media and mainstream media outlets now It only furthers our nation along their destructive march to radically transform our constitutional republic. Speaking of transparency, I still not have heard back from the Sevier County School Superintendent with my open records request. It's almost a deadline for their answer, too. I'm researching follow-on actions I would take should the school district administrators fail to meet that deadline. Also, along the topic of transparency, I told you all in the weekend update I would share some of what happened during that meeting with school district leadership. And this comes from one of the organizers of that meeting. On April 15th, a group of 15 concerned parents and taxpayers met with four members of the school district's leadership to discuss curriculums and resources used at Sevier County schools. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, efforts like this group of citizens here in Sevier County should be happening all over our republic. The soft tyranny of demonizing and sexualizing our children in government schools needs to end. It will only end when sunlight is brought onto the activities of these school boards. School boards and state education commissioners that are more beholden to unions and lobbyists than the communities and parents they serve. Anyway, this meeting was requested by the organizers, not as an effort to criticize teachers, but to help in giving some teachers a voice where many of them are feeling unheard. As I've said before, based upon my personal meeting with school district leadership in December of last year, I could definitely get a sense of fear of reprisal if the teachers went against the grains with regards to curriculums in our school district. But here's some of the key takeaways from that meeting. These district leadership members appear to dislike transparency. They denied entry to the meeting for two parents because of a lack of chairs, despite several of the parents offering to stand for the entire one-hour meeting. And the administrators would not extend the meeting past the one-hour time frame, which of course limited the number of questions being asked and the amount of curriculum that could be reviewed. One would think that the people who were paid their salaries by the taxpayers in that meeting would be more accommodating, right? Strictly limiting the time gives the appearance of hiding something. At least to me it does. How about you? The parents requested that a staff member stay and monitor them while they view curriculum content, which was denied. They, the parents, were told to schedule another one-hour meeting for the next week. Our employees... They limit the time they make themselves available for to their employers. That sounds a bit backwards to me. When the parents asked us to schedule a few consecutive hours to view content, our employees told us, their employers, the most they could offer was 90 minutes. Limiting our access to the material that is purchased with our tax dollars. Again, sounds like a backwards type arrangement. When the parents requested access to certain textbooks and supplemental educational material, they were told that supplemental resources are not subject to Tennessee's Textbook Transparency Act due to the fact that they are not approved by the State Board of Education. Since they are approved at a local level, the materials do not require public disclosure, such as on the county school's website. Seems like this interpretation of the state law is preventing transparency. I personally emailed Dr. Penny Schwinn, Tennessee's Education Commissioner, to see if that interpretation of the law came from her office, or is it Sevier County School District leadership applying their own interpretation? It's early yet, and I don't expect an answer anytime soon. I will share Dr. Schwinn's answer with the audience and his concerned parents if and when I receive it. But the school district's position, legal or not, begs the question... How can parents know what their children are being taught if they don't even know what curriculum and resources are being used? These parents were told that there are websites used by educators as part of social-emotional learning curriculum that I will be investigating myself. They are Character Counts at charactercounts.org, Jason Flat Foundation at jasonfoundation.com, Howard B. Higglebottom at wedolisten.org, And Cuder Career Assessment at Kuder.com. That's spelled K-U-D-E-R.com. So like I said, I'll look into those and see what I can find out. Another interesting fact gleaned at the meeting was this. Guidance counselors are also allowed to use their own materials. Who exactly pays for these materials? And are they subject to inspection by parents? It may be just another issue with transparency. We'll see. Now, concerning the website of loveisrespect.org, the parents did receive a document that states it's no longer used as a resource. Key words there, no longer, meaning it was used as a resource in the past. I'll share a screenshot of the first thing a person sees when they go to that website. Check it out for yourselves. It'll be on my social media pages. Anyway, this website was a resource for content that teachers could use prior to September of last year. The parents in the meeting, they asked for the documents relating to lesson plans for the pilot program in grades 6 through 8 that would disclose which particular lessons were taught, included this resource. School district leadership told the parents those records have been destroyed. That doesn't sound suspicious at all, now does it? With regard to pacing guides, these parents were informed that grades K through 5 do not have any pacing guide for their SEL curriculum. For those in the audience unaware of what a pacing guide is, it is similar to a syllabus for the course. At the December meeting with district leadership that I attended, the administrators constantly spoke of how all the curriculum follows a pacing guide. I guess that wasn't quite true, now was it? Of note here, SEL has been used in grades K through five since 2013, yet there are no pacing guides? Another obstacle to transparency, it would seem. The parents at the meeting also received confirmation that Epic Library is an app that is used as a supplemental resource for students. You can find it at getepic.com. School district administrators told the parents in attendance that they had not received one single complaint about the curriculum in question. That is probably due to the fact that parents just recently found out about it, wouldn't you know? I would consider this meeting one big complaint or concern about the curriculum by parents. Maybe that's just me. Many parents in the room argued that they only recently learned that this curriculum was being taught and they do have ample complaints. Then the administrators fell back on the dog ate my homework type of excuse. They said they have a policy of sending letters home with students whenever sensitive topics will be addressed in school. Easy excuse, right? We send it home with your kids. Blame it on them for not giving you the letters. However, some of the parents informed leadership there that their children had shared with them the sensitive topics being discussed. Some things never change though, right? Sending letters home to parents through children is always an effective way of communicating. It didn't work when I was in elementary school, junior or senior high, and it doesn't work now. Then the parents discussed how inaccessible the school board is. The website doesn't provide contact information, I found this frustrating, too, when I tried to contact the school board member that represents the district I live in. I had to do some significant digging to get his email address. And then once I did receive it and sent off an email, it was responded to by somebody completely different. The school board's gatekeeper of sorts. Some of these parents had called to obtain contact information and had received a myriad of different responses. Several parents reported sending emails to the board members that were never answered. When the superintendent of schools was contacted via email to invite her and the entire school board to a meeting with parents, she cited sunshine laws prevented them from attending. That's something that I'm going to be looking into. I'm sure it will be yet another loophole used to avoid transparency. I'll keep you informed, though. Overall, it was shared with me that the parents who attended the meeting left frustrated that they were denied access to viewing content much as I left that December meeting frustrated by the circular answers to all of my questions. Once again, all you parents and taxpayers out there, get involved and force transparency from your school boards. These people control a significant amount of your children's time during their most important developmental years. Do you want your kids being taught something contrary to what you are trying to raise them to be? I'm sure you don't. Well, in closing this week, I would like to leave you all with this from God's word. Today it comes to us from Jeremiah 5 7. Like a cage filled with birds, their homes are filled with evil plots, and now they are great and rich. The lies, the lack of transparency from all levels of government has the ultimate goal of radically transforming our republic. The usurpers of our liberty and their useful idiots are getting rich and powerful off of their lies to we the people. We need to throw off these chains of apathy, regain control of our government, and the new public square that is the internet. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille, it's time to wake up.